Hello and welcome to another edition of the Rouse Review. I am your city manager, Dan Hoffman, and with me is Amy Simmons, communications director. Hello, Amy. Hello. Happy to be here. I'm glad you're happy to be here. <laughs> I'm happy to be here as well. And hopefully the pollen is starting to abate a little bit. Yeah, I've been yeah. sick for the last week. I blame it on the pollen. Yeah. I, For the first time in, I think, my entire life, I'm having allergies. Welcome to Virginia. So that's... Uh, I didn't either. Big deal, I moved here. Yeah, so that's new. Mm-hmm. Um, not bad, but hey, I, I'll take it because it is beautiful here. It is. So, And the uh, new flowers downtown are beautiful. I know, all the plantings in the mm-hmm. walking mall. Very nice. Okay, let's get right into it because we've got a full day. We're going to be talking to a bunch of businesses, going on the road. And this might be a slightly longer than normal podcast. So, But we're going to have lots of fun. We're going to have lots of fun. Um, we're going to eat some food, talk to some interesting folks, and... Um, Uh, learn about some of the small businesses here in Winchester. So uh, before we get into that, though, let's talk about tomorrow night's uh, council agenda. Uh, There is no work session, so I don't even need to get into that. Uh, The regular meeting, uh, we have a a couple of second readings around some land use issues, some standard financial issues around this year's budget, the FY21 budget, and then we have second reading on the FY22 budget, the next year's budget. Uh, so this will be final one. the final meeting, the public hearing. Um, and if you expect dramatic changes, don't. <laughs> not at this point, no. Not at this point. This meeting, this budget has been discussed ad nauseum going back to uh, February uh, yep. when you know we, we initially started having committee meetings and uh, getting into the detail of the budget, discussions around the tax rate. So there have been no changes from first reading to second reading um, because it's pretty well developed at this point. Mm-hmm. So, um, but you still get one one last chance to voice your opinion on the budget. So uh, feel free to come out and do that. Remember, all meetings are in person. We have a few other uh, items on the agenda that night, but um, you know, check out the check out the the website for more information about what is on the agenda. Okay. Alrighty. Um, so we're talking to four businesses, right? Or is it three? I think it's three. It's three? Yes, yeah, it's just three. So we got Bonnie Blue. Mm-hmm. We got Brightbox. Mm-hmm. We got Antijitos Mexicanos. Yes. Can we have lunch there? Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> um, and also, I thought we had one, one more. We're just doing three this time? It was going to be four. Okay. And then there was a scheduling conflict, so we had to just do three. Yeah. But I, I think I know which business that it was going to be. And I like that business. I was mm-hmm. just in there the other day. Mm-hmm. So Pretty awesome business. Been here forever. Yeah. So we'll have to circle back around with them. We'll do this again. Yeah. Um, well, so we've got so many. There's no way we could ever yeah, that's true. them all. So uh, we're going to walk over to Brightbox here in a minute. Uh, what do you have on your sheet there, Amy? Well, yeah. Let's do announcements real fast. Okay. Our water plant, the Percy D. Miller Water Treatment Plant, received the 2020 Virginia Optimization. There's one of your words. Program Gold Award for the depart- from the Department of Health. And that means that, that with the highest possible ranking you can get for the measurement of drinking water quality. So once again, we mm-hmm. talked to Don the other day. We have great drinking water, and that is based on 12 months of analysis of data. Mm-hmm. You know what they look at to determine? All kinds of... Uh contaminants and metals and all the gross stuff that we uh, talked about. Uh, We talked about water two or three podcasts ago. Two or three podcasts ago. Yeah. Um, But the main one that they look at to determine if it's a uh, a good quality is turbidity. 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 That's how fast it moves, right? How turbo it is? Nope. (laughs) That would make sense, but no, it's how cloudy it is. Mm, Turbid. So if you're turbid, you're cloudy. Apparently. And turbidity is the amount of cloudiness. Mm-hmm. And Farrell Fawcett, remember Farrell Fawcett? Yes. It's a, he fights a the turbidity wild. monster. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Oh, okay. That's, Isn't um, it the cutest thing ever? Okay. It is. It is. We'll need to work on good these. Good answer. We'll need to work on these puns a little bit. But yes. It's a monster. He has to make it better. Okay. So uh, Winchester Parks Recreation has uh, a lot of new programs coming up this summer, mm-hmm. and some of them are family crafts and story time events, mm-hmm. nature walks through the Abrams Creek Wetlands Preserve, mm-hmm. cookie decorating classes, and art classes for ages six and up. Yep. So My wife did the cookie decorating one. It she, was. Yeah. They were actually really good cookies. Yes. I mean, they're the kind of cookies that are... Um, 
they're more for uh, form than function. They're very pretty, <laughs> very pretty cookies, yes. mm-hmm. uh, but the and you know sometimes you get those cookies, the they're like the butter cookies, mm-hmm. and the cookie part itself is kind of you know crumbly or mm-hmm. brick like. Uh, these were actually pretty good cookies, so yeah, and, and they're very pretty. Well, the next ones coming up are for July fourth, and the next one after that is uh, just summer. So. Get some patriotic cookies in there. Yeah, exactly. America cookies. That's right. Okay, so um, it's that time of year, uh, tax time. Mm. The treasurer's office has mailed the real estate tax bills last week, mm-hmm. and um, it's the first half, so it's due June twenty first. Yep. Nobody likes to talk about it, but it's essential because hey. we, have, we have a lot of sur- services. If you want roads, you want schools, you want your trash to get picked up. Right. Lots of services, and um, our community community deserves all that. Mm-hmm. So uh, VDOT is conducting a star study on Route Seven. Apparently, the 2.3-mile section that they're studying has met some crash data threshold, hmm. and that qualifies it for the study. And um, there's also a community survey involved, kind of like what we did with Pleasant mm-hmm. Valley, I believe it was last year. So uh, the deadline to complete the survey for Route 7 is May 28th, and you visit uh, virginiadot.org slash rt7winchesterstars. Okay. Did you get that? I got it. I wrote it all down. You can probably just search uh, the VDOT website for the Winchester Stars, S-T-A-R-S. Not the Winchester Star. Exactly. Let's be very clear. Route. Do not go to the Winchester Star website. Virginia dot. Winchester dot stars. Yeah. Well, it's Virginia D-O-T. It's like VDOT.org. VDOT.org. Yes. Backslash Winchester Stars. Just go to our website. Just search it. Okay, so uh, Governor Northam will be lifting all social distancing and capacity restrictions on Friday, May 28th. Yep. So that means the mask mandate, well, actually, the mask mandate was lifted on May 14th, so all the rest of the social distancing and capacity restrictions will be uh, lifted on May 28th. Yep, and you and I got to go around the building and take down signs. Lots of signs. we are, uh, so city, everybody, uh, this is a great, thank you for reminding me, Amy. Sure. Uh, We... uh, I have lifted the requirement that all city staff must wear masks in the course of their normal duties. Uh, fully vaccinated staff. Right, just the vaccinated staff. Just the vaccinated folks do not have to wear masks in the course of doing their normal normal job, right? There are some, some isolated exceptions to mm-hmm. that. You know, we... Corrections workers over in the juvenile detention center, um, you know, some isolated functions... Uh, maybe over at the police department or fire, but by and large, if you see a city employee without a mask on, it means they're fully vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Um, it, folks that are not vaccinated still got a mask up. Or it could mean that they just choose to to protect themselves from yeah. germs. That's true. So they it could still be wearing a mask. It is. I'm not saying you don't have to wear that. You have to wear a mask. Right. I'm just saying you don't have to if you've been fully vaccinated. So, um, it, and now what that means for folks visiting city hall. Um, yeah, we're getting around to taking down the signs and whatnot. Um, but you know, if you are fully vaccinated and you visit city hall, you don't need to wear a mask. Uh, you know, we're not going to demand to see your, your vaccination card card or anything like that. But, uh, you know, we, we are easing the, some of those restrictions and they'll continue to get more loose as we get closer to May 28th. Cool. So, uh, the governor, it is cool. cool. (laughs) Not cool outside though. Mm. Um, the governor did say students in public schools are still required to wear masks because of the low yeah. vaccination rates for among children. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, Currently. hey, if your kids are 12 or up now, they can get go it. get them vaccinated. Yep. So that's all I have. And I think the next podcast, the next topic might be, I'm going to throw it out there, building codes. You want to oh. talk about building codes sure. for building safety month? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's May. That's, I forgot gonna, it's Building Safety Month. May is. Who are we going to talk to? talk to Frank for that? Uh, probably David, our building official. All right. Cool. Well, that's all I have. All right. Let's do it. Let's walk over to Brightbox. Let's go. Okay, so uh, Amy and I have walked pretty much just across the street over to Brightbox. Now, I, I just got here in September of last year. So I've never time seen. To come. Uh, yeah, I know. Really, uh, I've not experienced Brightbox uh, or seen it in its uh, full form. So I want to talk a little bit about that, uh, and then a little bit about how you guys have been managing through the pandemic. But first, why don't you introduce yourself? Yeah. So I'm Josh Huff. I'm the general manager here at the Brightbox. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I was the first employee technically at Brightbox. I met Marilyn about six months before it opened. Mm. And then we learned a lot together over the past eight years. So um, most people that have came to shows have seen me in some capacity or another. Yeah. If we're really slow, I'm outside hanging out, greeting people at the front door. Mm -hmm. If it's really busy, I'm probably behind the bar helping serve you a beer. Gotcha. So uh, for those of us that are either new to the city or just aren't familiar with Brightbox, uh, you know, it's right down here in the walking mall, pretty much dead center. Uh, tell us a little bit about what Brightbox is and does. It's a performance venue, but what kind of shows? Uh, tell us a little bit. Yeah. So Brightbox Theater is part of the Bright Center building. Okay. Marilyn's owned this building for getting closer to two decades now. Mm. Um, she had always said that when she had this space that she knew the downtown needed a performing arts space. Mm. And it was really about time and place. Mm -hmm. So in her mind for, you know, 10 years before the Bright Box was open, she knew it was going to be open. It was something that she thought, when the time is right, when the building is right, we'll do it. And um, when I met her, it was right on that precipice. So mm -hmm. that was right around the walking mall renovation, which mm -hmm. we can talk about a bit more later. But um, the premise of Bright Box is playing off the name of a black box theater. Hmm. And what that means is a space that dynamically can change. So what that means is we have shows that are all seated. We have shows that are all standing. We have shows that are part seated, part standing. We have mm -hmm. big tables. We have little tables. We, have, mm -hmm. we run the gamut depending yeah. on what the event is. Uh, the stage is in four by four sections. So we can make that into a T like a runway. We can mm -hmm. make it into a little eight by eight stage for comedy, mm -hmm. span it out to 12 by 18, whatever we need to for a full band. Yeah. Um, and likewise, with the spaces, we host absolutely anything. We've had city work meetings here. We've had drag shows. We've mm -hmm. had fundraisers, private parties, weddings. One of the gypsy weddings was filmed here. Oh. <laughs> you name it, we've probably done it or we want to do it type of thing. Very so we've cool. also had one or two conventions here as well. Excellent. Full bar. I see that. Yeah. Uh, kitchen, food. Yep. So... The venue operates on two floors. Okay. We have the main theater, which is where we're kind of hanging out right now. Yeah. That room does about 300 or so standing, maybe a little more, depending on what the okay. stage configuration is. Uh, and then we have an upstairs room called Out of the Box. Oh. And that room holds about 140 standing, 100 seated. Oh, okay. And a lot of times we'll run both on the same night concurrently. So you might see a bluegrass trio upstairs and comedy downstairs, or you might see the 80s reflex cover band downstairs and we're having a private wedding reception upstairs. So gotcha. both floors often are open to the public or having an event. Mm -hmm. Both floors, as you said, are full service. So mm -hmm. beer, liquor, wine, soda, water, it doesn't matter. The same menu is served on both floors. Mm -hmm. And then for private events, we do anything from salad to chicken cordon bleu or steak. So wow. the menu turns it up a little bit when it's a private party or one Got of those it. events. So um, I immediately locked in on 80s cover band. Uh, how often do you have the 80s cover band? So the Reflex has been playing in Winchester far longer than we've been a venue. Maybe even mm. longer than I've been alive. Really? I'm not sure. Um, they build a huge following in the area. So when we opened, mm -hmm. we kind of took the torch. So yeah. once upon a time, 5050 was known as Sweet Caroline's. And it oh. was a bar that provided a lot of live entertainment and did a lot of good in the community for finding those mainstays. And they would bring out some bands weekly, bi-weekly, monthly. They were very interesting. set on calendars and repeating bands, and they built yeah. up the following of the Reflex a big way here. So they closed about a year or two before Brightbox came about, and as soon as Brightbox came open, we mm -hmm. said, all right, well, we want to host a lot of different types of entertainment, but we also understand and we appreciate the value and the fun of cover bands, right? Yes. Like there's, there's talent in recreating so many different artists at once, mm -hmm. and there's talent in being fun to do it. Yeah. And it's also highly competitive because really? when you're a singer-songwriter, you mm -hmm. write your own song and no one else plays your own song. Yeah. There's more than one cover band that plays the songs you're playing. So there's an emphasis on standing out. I had no, I had never thought about it that yeah. way. Yeah. Because so, I'm a big fan of an 80s cover band. Well, I think you'll highly enjoy Reflex. Um, there's some in the D.C. area that are similar, like Reagan Years or mm -hmm. Rubik's Cube. So if you see one of those, it's similar. The New Romance. Um, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Those guys, uh, when I was in D.C., fantastic. Uh, so I'm very excited to hear Reflex. When you guys start having shows again, when, when's the timeline on right. that? Right. So... We've always played to city and state national level of recommendation, mm -hmm. right? And we've always played to what the CDC recommends. So when COVID hit, we mm -hmm. our last show was March 13th of 2020. Which I mentioned Friday you a little, the 13th. Yep. It's, uh, I'm not going to blame it, but um, 
And then we were shut till about July or August when we went to phase three. Mm-hmm. And we reopened September through about November with some events that we had rain date. Mm-hmm. And then the numbers spiked again. And we yeah. said, okay, well, no one wants to be ground zero, right? So, yeah, first yeah. of all, we had limited capacity shows, we had masks in place. We weren't going to be responsible for the next outbreak in Winchester. No. So, when CDC recommended again to reduce those capacities down, we shut again let's call Mm -hmm. it you know took a break um with all the restrictions lifting right now we're looking at july probably right after fourth of july um ironically that you asked that july 10th i think we have confirmed but i'll leak it now if we don't um reflex will be here july 10th july 10th okay 80s cover band july 10th yeah you said you were coming now i'm holding you to it i know i absolutely will i'm not joking about this at all this is not (laughs) i will this is not a test this is not a test (laughs) All right, so uh, July 10th, we'll start seeing some more shows. Right, we'll have a free show July 9th with some local jam bands, rock bands, and then July 10th is more back into our normal programming with Reflex, who again... When we opened, people said, yeah. you know who was at Sweets? And then half the reason I ever went to Sweets, mm-hmm. half the reason I think it stayed open as long as it did, the Reflex, you've got to bring them. Got it. And again, when you see them, they're you know mm-hmm. in appropriate attire, they're playing all the instruments, and almost all the crowd knows them by name. They're like family. So it's, huh. again, they build this loyal fan base. They're really good entertainers. They're really good yeah. people. And and I think they're going to, you're going to, you're going to know their names probably by the, their the next time you too. see them. I'm a pretty, uh, I'm a stickler for an 80s cover band playlist. There you go. It's got to have certain mainstays in there. So when some of them are hard to do, some of those bigger uh, kind of powerful, like power ballads from the 80s are, are hard to pull off. So. Yeah. We shall see. All right, but this podcast is not about the Reflex, the 80s cover band. It's about Brightbox. Tell us, so, you know, we're starting to leave the pandemic now, hopefully behind. Uh, no, exactly. Um, how have you guys fared? How, how are you still, you know, in existence? Yeah, so when people asked me that question in March of 2020, it was, wow, this is weird. I hope none of the beer goes bad in the two or three weeks we're going to be closed (laughs) to how do I throw away 300 bottles of beer that have been here for six or nine months, right? So our recycling guys hated us, I'm sure, that day. Um, But to be fair, I poured all of it out the way I was supposed to before I gave them the bottles. Um, Really? You poured it all that beer out? I don't drink, believe it or not. You can't get high on your own supply. (laughs) Um, So it's one of those things where – we weren't sure what was going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. So we systematically said, okay, all the shows in April, let's push them back to September and we'll figure that out. And then yeah. we pushed those from September to January. And yeah. some shows we just had to cancel. Yeah. And we even had to put that presence to the fans as, uh, we're going to be back. This show will be back, but we don't know when. So we don't mm-hmm. know how long we can hold your money. We don't know yeah. when this comedian's going to tour the country again. You know, we had Gilbert Godfrey lined up as one of our big comedians last year. Yeah. And um, it's not just as easy as bringing him back as it is, like, let's say, the reflex, because yeah. we were one of 30 dates for Gilbert Godfrey. Yeah. And it's just not cost effective to fly him out just for our show. It'd be yeah. really fun, but we just couldn't do it. Yeah. Um, so then COVID started pivoting to us staying active and just engaging in the community, right? Mm-hmm. If we're cognizant that we can't have shows by name or letter of law or just in math of 10 people in the room, then we need to, like you said, let people know we're still alive and we're still looking at the bright side of it. So we started posting a lot of like fun musical stuff on Mm -hmm. our Facebook page. Um, We developed our own little video series called Brightbox Backstage. So I interview members of bands that we've had or going to have, and they Mm -hmm. also submit a performance piece. So you get to know a little bit more about that band. You get to see some of their activity. And then hopefully the next time they come around, you'll be more ready to see them. It keeps you guys on people's Mm -hmm. radar. And then um, one of the things we started doing at the end of last year or so, it kind of hit me like an epiphany, is uh, why aren't we putting goofy stuff on the marquee, right? Like, we have this marquee out here, and although the traffic is down on the walking mall, why aren't we utilizing that? So I started with just putting just a little quip up there, Mm -hmm. and then we started letting people rent it to wish people happy birthday or the birth of their child or congratulations to people. And we were taken up on it quite a few times. So that, again, was endearing that people thought about Brightbox. They thought about how we're downtown, dead center Mm -hmm. of the walking mall, and how – it could still be beneficial to them and they could still create an experience because that's yeah. always what it's been about is an experience. So Absolutely. if it's not popular to get an inch between every person and dancing mm-hmm. around with each other, then at least we can still communicate yeah. online and we can still use the marquee and we can still keep our wit about it and we yeah. can just try to be positive until awesome. now, July. Until July 10th. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, so and throughout all of that, you know, kind of keeping the energy going, keeping yeah, on folks' radar, uh, 
you've gotten some assistance from the city, from the feds, uh, yes. state maybe. Yes. Uh, so again, that was a being a for-profit venue. We mm-hmm. weren't accustomed to getting money, right? <laughs> like we weren't accustomed to the, these endowments of money. And I've yeah. heard rumor and myth that every mm-hmm. nonprofit will tell you is not true. They're yeah. also broke, <laughs> but um, those assistance came at crucial times. So like mm-hmm. the old town had its own that we applied for and received. Mm-hmm. And then we were able to receive PPP, which was at a state national mm-hmm. level. We received another one through the state of Virginia. And then I'm sure, as you know, legislation was passed in December for mm-hmm. the shuttered venue operators grant. Tell which us a little is, bit about that. Cause that was specific to right. uh, venues like your own. Yes. Yeah, so the acronym is not as cool as what was proposed. <laughs> Save our stage is the, the motion and the movement that you probably saw a lot of people talk about. Yeah, yeah. There was a, um, the National Independent Venue Association mm-hmm. was a bunch of broke venues like us who got together and was like, we need to advocate for funds Great. specifically to venues. That's cool. Um, and because it was needed. And I mean, mm-hmm. some of the partners are like EMG, who ha- mm-hmm. who own 930 Club and Anthem. Oh, yeah. So even some of these bigger partners that were better suited to survive the storm, mm-hmm. they acknowledged and understood the difficulty that was going to be brought to so many performing arts yeah. venues that are on a razor-thin budget. Yeah. So they became an association pretty much right when COVID started, and they knew it wasn't going to end in a week. Mm-hmm. And they pushed for legislation. They pushed. They got a lot of feedback from artists from venues Mm -hmm. they proposed the svog which is like i said the name for it now (laughs) got approved in december Mm -hmm. and then much like murphy's law didn't really get implemented until april and Mm -hmm. then it went live on april 8th and then it crashed 10 minutes later (laughs) and they had to fix some things because of how much push came yeah excuse me for all the applications so interesting they reopened it on april 26th Mm -hmm. i was there bright-eyed bushy-tailed submitted my 30 plus documents or whatever it felt like (laughs) and um our application number was 3,000 some. Oh, wow. And I had submitted in the first two hours. Wow. And it wasn't because I waited till hour two. It was, it took two hours for me to get the documents in and double check everything because this is a a, a huge windfall, a thing that could help correct 2020. So, you know, dotted every I, crossed every T, and I hit submit and said, 3,600 people were faster than you. That's crazy. Um, So it's to my understanding that they had over 20,000 applications in the first 24 hours Mm -hmm. um, created, meaning someone logged in and started the process. And at least 10 to 11,000 were finished in the first 24 hours. Wow. So that rollout is happening right now. Okay. Um, We have not received our approved status, which is coming. I know it. I dotted all those I's. I crossed all those T's. But it is on a rolling basis of Mm -hmm. in order that they were submitted. Okay. So we're thinking those funds will probably come through in May or June. Great. And the good news is we were also very worried that those funds would get exhausted, right? Mm. Because 20,000 venues is a lot of people. Yeah. The budget that they approved in December was actually sufficient enough that they think they're going to have some left over and be able to offer additional waves to other venues that were impacted or open it up in a more Mm. lofty way. But yeah, to answer your question directly, there was like three categories, and one of which was a promoter of Mm -hmm. shows, one of which was actual venues, which is us, and then the other one was theaters and museums and and other places that host that entertainment. So it was relatively specific to us. When you see the numbers break down, the 11,000 was like 10,000 venues and 500 promoters and like five zoos. You know what I mean? Like there's just (laughs) not as many zoos and museums that saw that versus PPP. So um, I would liken it to Mm -hmm. what they've done for the restaurants Mm -hmm. and what they're rolling out through the SBA for that as well. So it was really good to feel included because Mm -hmm. in uh, the state of Virginia, at least, venues are all considered restaurants. Mm -hmm. So we weren't sure again if there was going to be specific support for the losses we incurred mm-hmm. on performers and those performance costs. And mm-hmm. I thought, well, they might cover the food and beverage, but we don't really have any food and beverage if we don't have a show. So mm-hmm. it was very endearing to see that support very specifically to venues. And yeah. I can say without a doubt that made it possible to open in July. Yeah. You know, I, w- I won't say that we were going to definitely close if we didn't receive it, but when trying to run the numbers, mm-hmm. government support greatly benefited. Okay. We can afford to bring our staff back. We can yeah. afford to buy food and beverage again. We can afford, you know, the mm-hmm. entertainment cost, which can be pretty high when you bring in someone like Gilbert Godfrey or the others. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it has been uh, fantastic getting to see uh, the venue. I look forward to seeing it with people in it. Uh, I look forward to July 10th. Yes. Uh, Once more, our 80s podcast will be coming out next month. You, excellent. me, and the Reflex, I'm pretty sure, right? Awesome. I know. I will <laughs> absolutely come back. If you want to talk about 80s music, I will absolutely come back and talk about 80s music. Perfect. So. Uh, I'm always up for that. In fact, I've been talking about uh, DJing 80s night over at uh, Brewworks or some other place. Very Any place cool. that will allow me to uh, DJ an 80s night. <laughs> so uh, anything else uh, you want to add? No, anything I think else we I... should have talked about. Amy, it's Small Business Month. Hmm. That's why we're here. Uh, come out as soon as, they're, uh, as soon as they're open again in July. 
uh, come out and support uh, Brightbox and all your businesses downtown. Yep, we sincerely appreciate it. Again, local support is how we've been open for eight years, how we'll be open for another 20 years, mm-hmm. and it's definitely part of how we were able to survive the pandemic. So we'll see you on July 10th. Come Excellent. see us. Thanks, bud. So, okay, we are now at uh, Bonnie Blue over here on the kind of the, the wedge, <laughs> the wedge of uh, Buscowan and what's the street? To Amherst Street. Amherst and Buscowan. It's kind of that point that sticks out uh, if you're heading from the downtown out towards the hospital. Bonnie Blue's is one of actually one of the first restaurants I ate uh, here in town because I started asking folks, um, hey, where should I go? I'm, I'm staying downtown. I just got in here. I was renting a little apartment. So I was eating out at different restaurants, you know, seven days a week. And one of the first places people said to go to was, well, you got to go to Bonnie Blue. And I went to Bonnie Blue. And now we can't keep you out of here. Exactly. And now I'm here uh, all the time, uh, mainly just for uh, not just the food, but the smells. You know, I I know that there's another uh, chain restaurant that brags about the good smells, uh, but man. We actually cook ours. Theirs come out of a package. Exactly. Exactly. The good smells are here at Bonnie Blue. So, um, and the reason why we're here, it's Small Business Month, uh, so we're talking to a handful of businesses. Uh, we're here with the owner, proprietor, operator, Brian. Good morning, uh, everybody. So, um, Brian, tell us a little bit about uh, Bonnie Blue, the, what you guys make here. Uh, there's not much we try not to make. So, we are a from-scratch restaurant and bakery. We smoke all of our own meats. We produce uh, the bulk of our bread, uh, all of our pastries, cookies, croissants. Uh, we brew our own iced tea. We're a full-service bar. We try to lose, use as much local products as we can, and we try to stay within the season. Awesome. Awesome. So how long have you guys been in this location? We're quickly entering our 10th year. We started September 2013, so we're, we're looking right at it. So uh, how's the, you've weathered the pandemic. So You're far. still here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how are things looking? You guys, did you guys switch over to takeout stuff? What was your... Well, there was a, a little bit of panic when, uh, when the governor closed the Commonwealth down on the 13th. Um, but restaurant business is nothing if not adapt and overcome. Mm-hmm. So we defaulted and became a, a curbside pickup. Um, and we pushed a lot of cocktails out and a lot mm-hmm. of packaged food. Uh, took care of a lot of families, uh, did what we could for the local school children. We, uh, we produced over 500 meals for them out at James Wood mm-hmm. through, the, through the crew in the kitchen here um, and just did any and everything we could to stay alive and stayed open. Excellent, excellent. So uh, when you started 10 years ago, how have you changed? You talk about adaptability and change. Is the Bonnie Blue that we know today... Is it what you envisioned 10 years ago? Uh, I'm not quite sure I had a, a clear enough vision of what we wanted to be 10 years ago. We allowed our customers when we first opened to kind of direct mm-hmm. where we would go next. So mm-hmm. it's led to an expansion of our menu. Uh, I'm from South Carolina, so you'll see a lot of the low country specialties yeah. on there and things like that. Uh, and obviously barbecue and things, but at, we would listen to our customers. And if huh. they there was enough people that yelled and screamed yeah. about it. We would try it. And, uh, it's how you wind up with the best fried chicken in town. Yeah. Uh, cheese Danish on Fridays. We, we listen to our customers and we try to give them everything they want. Yeah. The chicken waffles, I think is my favorite. <sighs> I can't have it every time I come here. No, Cause I would cause die. You have a nap every other hour. <coughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I gotta go to work. Uh, what, but what is the most popular thing in the menu? Uh, well, fried chicken, chicken and waffles, mm. uh, and the pulled pork are, I would say, our top three. Top three? Yeah. Tell me, I want to walk back into the, the kitchen, mainly because I love restaurant kitchens. Okay. And I like to see them in operation. But my understanding is that you do a lot of the cooking yourself in the back. Uh, I do some of it. I've some got it. I've got a support staff back there that mm-hmm. is second to none uh we've got some we've got a very loyal crew we have most of our staff have been here uh at least three to five years mm-hmm. uh and we have an ever-changing group of, of servers that come in and they usually go off to college so the the front staff there are some some diehards mm-hmm. uh but in the back we've got a, a crew that on average has been here for about five years got it all right 
Let's take a look at the kitchen. All right, so the first thing I walk into in the in the kitchen here is a frozen margarita machine, which seems out of place in a uh, southern-style barbecue chicken and waffle joint. Uh, is this a big seller? So far, we've had it about two weeks. We did live. Oh, really? It's new. We did live bluegrass on uh, Sunday, May second. Yeah. Uh, kind of wrapping everything up, and we wanted to unveil that. It seemed very popular. Um, and nothing goes better with chicken and waffles than a frozen margarita. I'm going to have to try that. I'll, I'll believe you. All right. Entering the kitchen now. Boom, 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 boom. You guys have a huge kitchen back yes. here. Yes. So I know it seems like you've got a narrow spot. And, you know, the, the dining room itself is not massive. You've no. got how many seating for how many? What's your top capacity? Um, about 75 on the inside. About 75 folks on the inside. You know, a small little bakery shop in the front. Which is what, when we started, that's all we had. Interesting. So as we've grown, grown. we've kind of morphed into the back part of everything that we've got. But the area here in the back is massive. So, super clean. He's waving to his kitchen staff. Tony is our porter during the day, and he's been here for about five years. Yeah. Um, this is Lily, who runs the front of the house. Say hi, hi Lily. Lily. That's Vito. Lily, Vito. Nick Vaughn. And Nick. And then and the, the sous chef. Another gentleman over there. It's Colin, the sous chef. Colin, the sous chef. What are they, now, what is You got all these bo open boxes lined we up. What are they are making? We are doing a catered luncheon for the Century Club at oh. about 1115. Um, cool. Where typically it would have been a buffet style uh, because of the COVID restrictions. Yeah. Everything is individually boxed. Got it. We'll take it there as close to contact this as we can. All right. Back in the dining room. So before we wrap up, Brian. Yes, sir. Why? I know that there's a strong sense of community here in Winchester. And, you know, we've seen that in our surveys. We've seen that, um, you know, and we'll be talking about that you know, in our strategic planning retreat. And as we develop our strategic plan, one of the strengths of Winchester is the strong sense of community it has. Um, tell me a little bit about, you know, the community that you feel like uh, you've built here with Bonnie Blue. Well, I think it's, it's, it goes both ways. We uh, try to be a good neighbor, uh, not only just in the blocks that surround mm -hmm. us, but throughout Winchester itself. Uh, we try to give, we've done, Charitable giving, we've worked with CCAP throughout the years. Um, I think if, if we give, it comes back to us. When COVID first hit and restrictions all impacted everybody, we had support from people who haven't been here in five years. We've had people who were here 10 minutes ago. We've, what we've put out has come back tenfold easily. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, so, uh, Brian, thank you for your time. Thank you. <clears throat> it's Small Business Month. Uh, make sure you support your local small businesses. Uh, Bonnie Blue here at the corner of Boscowan and Amherst. Uh, just a very short walk from the historic downtown and the walking mall. So uh, make sure you support your small businesses this month. Thanks, Brian. Thank you. All right. Uh, so we are here at Antijitos Mexicanos. Did I do that right? Yes. It's not. I, for a long time, I drove by this place and I kept saying antique Mex Mexicanos. <laughs> and I thought it was old Mexicans. And I didn't. Uh, I speak very minimal Spanish. I can read a menu and I can. I took three years of it in high school. But if you don't use it, you lose it. Um, so it wasn't until recently that they said, oh, you're, you know, we're going to this uh, Antijitos Mexicanos. And I was like, oh, I, I'm not. Where is that place? And they described it to me. I was like, oh. It's not antique Mexicanos, so I need to, Antejitos, Antejitos Mexicanos, uh, here on, um, let's see, we're on Loudon Street, what's the address 850. here? 850 South Loudon. 850 South Loudon, okay. Uh, how long have you guys been here? Uh, three years. Three, three so years. Four years. Four years. You you're going to scoot closer to her, because you guys are sharing a microphone. All right. So you're kind of going to pass it back and forth. I also need you guys to introduce yourself for everybody listening, so... Uh, why don't we start with you? Introdu introduce yourself. Tell your name and where you're from. Uh, yeah, my name is Rosie. I am from Mexico. Yes. Awesome. And I'm Israel Aparicio, and I'm from Puebla, Mexico. Awesome. And where in Mexico is that? 
it's center of the country is like uh like right beside the mexico city in the okay. south so south it's like two hours city. from mexico city yeah gotcha gotcha and uh how did you guys meet how do you guys know each other she's my sister oh your sister. Sister. sister okay so this is a family business yes yeah. yes very yes. nice very so, nice yeah so you've been around for three years now three years how's yeah. it going i mean this is really our first uh you know dream business yeah. we have here and uh uh i'll be on the business and restaurants for a long time yeah working with people in the area mm -hmm. uh so you know i always say hey uh i, I want to open my own place you know yeah so she also work in restaurants too okay but she start cooking sometimes for uh, a specific you know person working in the, in, you know, in the factories in yeah. the house so say okay so i think we can make a good team you know like she working in, in, in the kitchen all the time i'm working and i take care in the front so i say we come together and with the idea i say yeah well we not you know so nice please come with with this place here now describe you know, a lot of Americans, you know, when they hear, oh, it's a, a Mexican restaurant. You know, when I was a kid, before restaurant offerings got really much more authentic, we were first exposed to it in places like Taco Bell. <laughs> uh, you know, I grew up in rural South Carolina where we had we had the one Mexican restaurant. It was a small town. We had the one Mexican restaurant and then we had Taco Bell, which I won't consider a Mexican restaurant. Um, but over time, you know, I think we got more and more accustomed to the different varieties right. of, uh, you know, Latinx t food. Uh, so tell us what type you specialize in here. Authentic, authentic food. Authentic food. <laughs> yes. So this is, so if I was going to go in someone's home yes. in Mexico, this is what I would be served. Right. It's what, uh, uh, you know, most restaurants, like they say authentic, you know, Mexican food, authentic. Yeah. Most they they you know they put in the advertise yeah. uh, that, but this is actually is not the only authentic. Just like um, like you just say, it's the way we cook in our house. Okay, it's the way we cook like uh, traditional. Gotcha. The real tradition, like from the beginning, like the um, round mounds, You know, is the way we cook the the salsas, mm -hmm. the the, uh, the ingredients for the food. Yeah, it's the way we do here. Uh, so it's very like authentic. Mm -hmm. I mean, like you you walk in Mexico City, is the way we have the tamales here, and the uh, tacos, street tacos, street tacos. Yeah. So it's it's the way like you and what and kind of so what are the most um, for the street tacos? What are the most popular type of tacos? People, what are the what is what do folks normally order when they get a street taco here? Most uh, the meats we have we have like six seven different meats, mm -hmm. but one. But you know, like they, everybody know what they're talking about, or they most, at the least most heard. Yeah. What is it? Is the pastor? Oh, pastor, <laughs> which yes. is which, all I know. It, it's pork, pork yeah. and pineapple. pineapple. Yes. Right. It's, it's seasoned meat. Like we leave it like for two days. Yeah. And, and you know, and with the sauce, and after that we start like cook. So it's it's what. I am gonna get that. Particular. I think yeah. I'm gonna get that. So everybody, like, you say, oh, pastor, they think like, you know, that's machine like the. Like top oh yeah yeah and, and, yeah but unfortunately we cannot go up here up front because mm. it's the idea you know yeah the beginning yeah. Everybody yeah. Out here they everybody knows but you know it's not it's not able to do here in town yeah absolutely so so what what so of the six or seven different types of meats what is the one that people often overlook that they should be ordering what's the hidden one that people maybe they don't know about or understand that's actually really good that no one thinks to order head and tripe, head and tripe. really <laughs> <laughs> see i will say i live if she answered that because yeah actually uh it's three different ones like beef tongue yeah uh that's more on, like everybody popular yeah but the cabeza there's uh -huh. not too many they say what cabeza i yeah. mean because it's not like the the cabeza what you think you know it's like we call cabeza but it's, it's not the, the brain no yeah it's not, it's we're not doing sweetbreads here yeah so yeah and it's the oh the jowl like the cheek she, okay it's that but we call cabeza because you know but it's, the it's part of the cabeza yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so but everybody when when like they never heard us uh, what cabeza? Yeah. You know, but so we explain. Yeah. Okay, it's not like the we're not eating eyeballs and, <laughs> yeah, and no, snouts no, no, and no. stuff, right? This, yeah. So uh, well, jowls are good. I mean, that's that's something that you know a lot of southern uh, yeah. folks understand. Is oh uh, yeah, 
Because that, 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 that meat, that cheek is yeah, very tasty. It's almost a bacon kind of thing. Yeah, right. Very salt. And the tripe. And the tripe that does. That's the lungs, right? Or is it the intestines? Oh, the long intestines. Yeah, it's not the stomach. That's right. Yeah, the stomach. We make a soup with it. Oh. Yeah, the the mondongo, the menudo. For the menudo soup. Okay. That's for like some like broth. You know, they make. Yeah, uh, yeah. But the tacos, the tripa, that's the intestines. I might have to. I'm gonna try it too. And, and I'm gonna try it all. <laughs> I have a few, few customers. They never, never heard about it. I said, "Why you cook tacos with the intestines?" I said, "Yeah, I mean, we saw like." Lot. Is it crispy or is it? Actually, it's uh, it's long process to to have that. Oh, you know, okay. we had to clean it up. Already come clean, yeah. but we had to clean here again. You know, mm-hmm. so it's a lot of work for that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, after that, we boil it. Mm-hmm. Uh, for two two hours, three and a half hours, yeah. and after that we put it on the grill, on the griddle. Oh, okay. With, with so you fry it up. So fry it up in the griddle, and some people they asking for extra crispy, so we mm. made the way the customers want. Oh yeah, I want some a little extra, soft, extra not too soft, just you know, yeah, crunchy. I'm gonna and, try and that. Believe me, we have like two cases every week. By end like Saturday, Saturday uh, at night, sometimes we out. That's amazing. Because do you have some right now? Yes. Okay. Okay. Good. Yeah. Okay. So now I have the the menu in front of me. So we've got tacos. We've got tostadas. We've got sope. Sopes. So, uh-huh, sopes. Yeah. Small quesadilla. Large quesadilla. Everyone knows what that is. A burrito. Torta. What's a torta? Torta. Is yeah. It's like uh, we call torta. It's a Mexican sandwich. Mexican sandwich. Yeah. Well, right. well it's the. I think it's the way that actually is that one here. So you do see on the bottom of the, the menu. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. That it's, a Mex- it's a sandwich. <laughs> it's like a Mexican hoagie. Uh, it's huge, though. Guarache. 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 Guarache is uh, it's like a huge tortilla filled out with uh, beans inside. Yeah. And you can top in any meat you like. Oh. All the seven, eight meats we have, you can top in with that and put on on top. Wow. And we put like uh, onion, cilantro, Fresco uh, cheese and cream, sour cream. Gotcha, gotcha. So you got all those different things and all the different meats, chicken, chorizo, carnitas, al pastor, Store. steak, barbacoa, uh, cabeza, cabeza, tongue, tripe, tripe, shrimp, and tilapia. So you got all the meats. A lot of choice. <laughs> you got some appetizers in here. Now, one of the things that I saw on the back that I've not seen anywhere before, uh, enmoladas. Enmol- what is enmoladas? Enmoladas is uh, one of the sauces uh, we do. Uh, we call mole, mole mm-hmm. poblano. Yeah. But it's, uh, I guess it's in English, it's mex- uh, curry, right? Mexican curry? Mexican oh, curry. Yeah. 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 I mean, it can be, uh, but it's, it's mole. This but a mole sauce. Par- yeah, mole sauce. So Smoky, the brown so one. Mole yeah. is because uh, it's not something like this is spicy mm-hmm. or it's sweet, it's in between. Yeah. So yeah. it's a little bit. Uh, Sweet, spicy, and a very particular flavor because we had like seven, eight different kind of peppers, plus the other ingredients too. Uh, so it's like a process we do the mole. It's uh, gotcha. like three, four hours to come together with that. Yeah, that sounds yeah. fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go with tacos today, but I might. Do you have any mole sauce? We do. I might yes. ask for a little of that on yes, the sure. side just yes, to try. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and then of course you've got some vegetarian options, different sides. And for the kids, Haritos. I know in my house, the Haritos <laughs> soda is the go-to soda. In fact, my, my younger son had his birthday this past weekend. And as a treat, he wanted, you know, a big a one liter fruit punch Haritos. Oh. Like you want, we let him get some, some sweet stuff. And that was, that was what we wanted. They love the Haritos. So you've got a, a selection of Haritos Wait, as well. Oh, yeah, most of the flower, the- Flavors, awesome. And then my favorite dessert of all time. One, one of my favorite desserts of all time, tres leches. Tres leches. <laughs> tres leches is when it's done right. Oh, that is done. fantastic. Oh all right, God. and flan, and flan, flan. All this dessert is homemade. Isn't so we, you make them here. Yeah, we have somebody. So I'm gonna try some tres leches today. I'm gonna be What's so it? full after all this. Yes, I'm sorry. Today we out it. Okay. <gasps> <laughs> but I'll the come flan back. we have, so. Oh, no, I love flan too. Okay. I'll try flan today and I'll come back for Tres Leche. Yeah, Tres Leche will be ready. Uh... Okay, so um, 
let's do it. Let's order some tacos. So I committed. I'm going to do some cabeza. I'm going to do <laughs> okay. some tripe. Right. And I want to try the El Pastor since that's, the, that's your... Now, is that the one that's most popular or is it the one you're most proud of? Well, uh, see, in between that and the, uh, the steak, yeah. we sell a lot. Sometimes I think you can, uh, we can tell us, wow. Uh, so we cook like this. 40 pounds, uh, I mean, wow. the pastor. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, sometimes like Saturday or Sundays, one. But the steak is you're really proud, more than the pastor, because I'm trying to decide what my third one's going to be. Yeah, I think the steak, pastor, is one of the two. Yeah. Sell a lot more. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to go al pastor because I do we love have, al pastor. Because we have, we have a carnitas, too. Very, I've had carnitas. I love carnitas. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mix it up a little bit. El pastor, I've had and I love. So I'm going to go with one that I know I've had and I love. I know I'm going to love all of them. But okay, so get me, uh, please, a El pastor taco, pastor. a cabeza, cabeza, and a tripe. And if I can get a little bit of mole sauce so, on the side so. just to try, yes. that would be fantastic. Let's start there. Okay. All right? Yeah. All right. I'm about two and a half tacos in. <laughs> I've eaten the head, which I can, which was amazing. I can only describe it as kind of like a, a pulled pork. If pulled pork and bacon had a baby, it's kind of like that. You try it was fantastic. Um, the mole, they brought me a little side of the mole sauce. I've been putting it on everything. Um, I'm going to probably have another taco in a second, and then I'm going to have the flan. But these are fantastic tacos, so I'm going to get back to eating so you don't have to Thank you. hear me smack my lips. <laughs> Thank you. You're very welcome. So before I get the flan and possibly pass out, let's talk about Small Business Month here in Winchester. So we're, we're talking to a few different businesses. Uh, about Small Business Month, encouraging folks to come to small local businesses. I know that uh, the city has had some programs. There are some state programs, you know, federal programs to help folks get through COVID. And I know a lot of our residents are very confident about the city's well positioned to bounce back from COVID. Talk a little bit about your experience with some of the programs that have helped you get through COVID and are you optimistic about, you know, a post-COVID world? You know, I wasn't, I know the programs there. We just keep here, keep running this, this place, the restaurant, mm -hmm. and we don't have any change because we're working here. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, we just not like um, uh, run the business. We're mm -hmm. working here. Uh, I work like have chef, my sister lets you take care of the other have chef. So yeah. we work almost mm -hmm. every day, you know. Uh, so we always on something with the restaurant. So we miss a lot of the opportunities. I guess or the programs was uh, there for from the city or from the government. Mm -hmm. We just focus on try keeping running the business. I know? see, I see. And but uh, I think it's like a month ago, right? Uh, but two or three months. Yeah. Uh, uh, Diana called us and, and let us know we we have a oh it's a program here in Winchester. Uh, for the small business, mm -hmm. uh, help with uh, you know anything we can do with uh, you know arbitrage, so we can use the money for anything we need to keep it going. Yeah, yeah. So that is coming exactly. Is what I just told her coming on the right time because that help us to uh, see the light end of the all this you know pandemic because yeah. it was a struggle. We try to just keep open and that. Just one thing we do, we have the program mm -hmm. with Diana, uh, help us a lot. Yeah. With that, we just give it like, uh, you know, more air mm -hmm. and keep going. Yeah. And, and so we're very thankful with yeah. Diana, with the city, yeah. with that particular program. And I mean, I think we're ready for whatever's coming. You keep referring to somebody that uh, we haven't actually introduced here today. So, uh, the city works with a, a consultant, Diana. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? 
Hi, good afternoon. Yes, uh, thank you so much, Dan. My name is Diana Patterson, and I'm a business consultant with the Lord Fairfax Small Business Development Center. Uh, and thanks to a partnership grant with uh, Winchester City, we mm -hmm. are able to now focus or at least provide assistance to non-English speaking businesses mm -hmm. with a Hispanics representing uh, an estimated 25% of the total population and businesses popping up left and right. The demand is tremendously huge because obviously the cultural and language differences are difficult. Mm -hmm. It's hard enough as a college graduate English or bilingual lingual speaker to have a business, mm -hmm. let alone when you have those additional challenges. So uh, I equally am very thankful to the city and its government for all the support that they provide. And they're very willing and open to reach out to those economically and socially uh, underserved communities, which mm -hmm. means a lot, not just to myself, but each one of these business owners. Excellent. <clears throat> okay, so it's time for dessert. Uh, I'm getting the flan. I'll have to come back for the tres leche. I should point out, <clears throat> uh, you guys have been incredibly hospitable because we're in an active restaurant right now. <laughs> like there is other, if you hear stuff in the background, folks, it's because there are other people having lunch around me, uh, which is great. Uh, I'd be a little sad if there weren't. Uh, but we've had a number of folks come in and sat down around us while we're eating. So uh, thank you. Thank you for giving us so much of your time uh, while uh, <clears throat> I know you've got a, a, an active and busy business to run. So uh, thank you for the time uh, today and uh, talking to us a little bit about your food. Well, thank you for coming to see us and for, you know, uh, uh, find out about Tojitos Mexicanos, what is that and what is we all about. And we're here to help everybody, welcome everybody here, and thank you. Excellent. So it's uh, Antitos Mexicanos here on 815 South Loudon Street, uh, Antihitos, Um Thank you guys very much, and uh, you'll see me around here a lot. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. All right, we're back in the studio. I'm still digesting my lunch. It was fantastic. Yeah, so when we go back, and we'll do a little staff lunch over there uh, so that you don't miss out, you are going to try two tacos that uh, I had for the first time, which were amazing. Oh, man. And I I could have just drank their mole sauce. So uh, I'm sorry you missed it, but we're going to go there for lunch anyways. And with that, uh, you guys have been very generous with your time listening to us uh, talk about Small Business Month here in the city of Winchester. Uh, I, I hope you've enjoyed learning a little bit about some of just three of the very cool small businesses here. That is really one of the strengths of Winchester is our small business community. We've got so many different places you're not going to find anywhere else, uh, whether they're down here in the walking mall or a little bit further afield. We are really a hotbed of entrepreneurship and small businesses, so uh, I'm always happy to show them off. So with that, that uh, wraps up this episode of Rouse Review. Uh, I'm Dan Hoffman, City Manager, Amy Simmons, Communications Director. All right, see you around City Hall.